Welcome to the Read Scripture Podcast. The goal of Read Scripture is to get people alone with God in His Word. For more information, visit readscripture.org. So this week we read through the book of 1 Samuel, and I want to start by just reading some verses from chapter 2. This is Hannah's prayer, and the reason I want to read this is because I feel like it sums up uh, the, the, the clearest message from this book. And that's God's sovereignty. But let's listen to what Hannah prays. Remember, Hannah is the mother of Samuel. Hannah was barren for years. Prays, says, look, you give me a child and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give him to you. And that's exactly what happens. But listen to these words. Chapter 2, verse 6. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. See, Hannah understood this is all about God. We have no control. You have no control. It's not about you. God says, look, I'm the one who brings people to life, and I'm the one who kills them. I'm the one who makes poor. I'm the one who makes rich. I can take the poorest person and have him sit with the princes. Why? Because the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he says, and and he will guard the feet of his faithful ones. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken. He says, look, for not by might shall a man prevail. If you're prevailing right now in life, it's not because of you. Gosh, if we understood these things, if we understood the the thrust of this book, we would not take ourselves so seriously, and we would take him a lot more seriously. Because he says in verse 30, Those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. We've got to keep this in mind as we go through our days. As you go through this day, just recognize if you honor God, he will honor you. And if you try to take control thinking that that it's by your might or your strength or your ability that you're going to prevail today, that's when God will humble you. And, and, and in, later on in that chapter, God explains, you know, he says, look, I'm about to destroy these, uh, you know, the sons of Eli because they're not taking their priestly duties seriously. And, and it makes clear that they didn't know God. And, and he says in verse 34, this shall come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be the sign to you, to you to die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to all to what is in my heart and what is in my mind. So God says to Eli, look, I'm going to kill your sons. They're not taking this priesthood seriously. And remember, I honor those who honor me and they are not honoring me. But I'm going to raise up a faithful priest, 
Someone who's going to do what is in my heart and in my mind. See, that was Samuel. He was saying, look, I'm going to raise up someone who is going to do according to what is in my heart and my mind. This is what God wants of us. He doesn't want us waking up going, okay, what do I want to do? What's in my mind? What's in my heart? He wants us going, okay, God, what is in your mind? What is in your heart? This is why we're studying the word of God, right? Is we want to know, God, what's in your mind? What's in your heart? I mean, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want to do what you want us to do because it's all about you. I mean, when you read on, you see that it's, God doesn't need us. (laughs) This is so clear when you look at chapter 4 and, uh, you know, they're they're battling the, the Philistines. And even the Philistines, when they heard that the ark of God had come into the camp, it says that they were afraid, chapter 4, verse 7, for they said, a God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. See, the people knew. Their enemies knew. Oh no, we had them. We had them against the ropes, but they're bringing in their God. Their God is here. and we He has this reputation. Even the enemies knew of the power of God. And then you see in chapter five, when they do capture the ark, the exact thing they knew uh, about the power of God, it it, it happens. You know, they set up the ark in in their temple of their God, Dagon, and they wake up and and their, their idol is flat on its face. There were no believers there to knock it down. There were no followers, God just did it himself. And then they put him up, they prop up their God. The next day, their God is knocked down, its head is chopped off, its arms are chopped off. Why? God's making a point. He goes, look, I'm it. I can destroy you. I can destroy your God. There are no other gods before me. And so the people are just terrified. These are the enemies of God, and they get it. They're like, get this ark out of our land. And so throughout this, you see, this is about God moving. And when God wants to show off his power, he shows off his power. There's, there's a passage, um, well, there's a phrase that we see a few times in the book of First Samuel. You see it first in uh, chapter 10, verse 10. Um, it says, when they came to Gideon, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, and he prophesied among them. See, here's here's Saul. He's doing his thing. But then it says, the Spirit of God rushed upon him and he prophesied among them. It wasn't about Saul. It's about God's Spirit falling upon him. I love that word, rushed upon him. It happens again in in, uh, chapter 11, verse 6. And the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul. The same thing happens to David. In uh, chapter 16, verse 13, it says, The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. This is, this is not about any of us. It's about the Spirit of God rushing upon us and doing something amazing. And we shouldn't look at these passages 
in the Old Testament as we read about David and Goliath and think, wow, God moved so powerfully then. Gosh, God's spirit rushed upon them in such a powerful way. We're not supposed to be jealous about the Old Testament stories. According to the Old Testament itself, a day was coming, Ezekiel says, when the Spirit is actually going to inhabit people, not just rush upon them momentarily or for these tasks, but he's going to indwell them, as well as rush upon them and anoint them for special things. And so we, we should be looking for this type of power in our lives, but it requires our faith. We've got to believe in this. See, This book is about those who believe in God's power and his sovereignty and those who don't. One of my favorite favorite chapters in the whole Bible is 1 Samuel 14. It's the story of Jonathan. And and, uh, this is is when the Philistines are coming and they're attacking and everyone is terrified. Okay, so you've got this whole army, Saul's hiding, the army's hiding. But then Jonathan, in chapter 14, verse 6, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. So, okay, so so here's two people. Here's Jonathan and his armor bearer. Okay? And Jonathan so understands the sovereignty of God and so understands that this is not about him or about an army that he looks at his armor bearer and he goes, Hey, let's just you and I go. I know everyone's terrified about this army, but let's just just go see if it's the Lord's will. Because if it's the Lord's will that he wins, he says nothing. I love this phrase. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. He says, look, this isn't about the size of the army. Nothing can stop God. If God wants to save, he'll save. So it doesn't matter if there's 30,000 of us or it doesn't matter if it's you and I. Again, it's us. And his armor bearer says, hey, do all that's, that's in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. And the rest of the story is about God delivering this army to these two men. He defeats the whole army. Why, it's this faith. I just, but I just can't get over that phrase. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And this is just not the way I hear people speaking in the church. I don't hear Christians speaking this way. Just going, God, if this is what you want to do, then you can use me. We look in the mirror and we go, oh man, God could never do anything great through me. Why? Because we're thinking in the flesh and we're comparing to ourselves to other people in the flesh and their gifts, their intelligence, their abilities. And we look at people the way the world looks at people rather than being like Jonathan and saying, you know what, it's really not up to me. So if the Lord chooses to save, then he can use me. He can do something so powerful to do me. This wasn't arrogance. It was so clear he knew that it was about the Lord. 
And this is different from Saul. See, you see what, what happens is, is Saul, and, and, and God had warned the people of Israel. He says, look, if you're going to want a king, I'm telling you, here's what a king's going to do. You know, you're going to reject me as king, fine, but you're going to run to problems. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. You've got uh, Saul in chapter 13. Uh, remember, he was waiting for Samuel. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. But, uh, you know, last minute, he's just like, you know what, Samuel, I, I haven't seen him. And, and I, want to, uh, I want the Lord's favor. So I'm just going to go and, uh, and offer the burnt offerings. I know we're supposed to wait for Samuel. I know that he's, he's the, the priest. He's the one that's supposed to do it. But he, he, he offers the sacrifices. And in verse 13, Samuel says to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God, for which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded. You know, Samuel took matters into his own hands. He just thought, ah, you know, I, I mean, I know I should wait for the priest, but you know what? I'm just going to do this. It, it's the same similar, it's a similar thing in uh, chapter 15 when, uh, when God tells Saul, okay, go destroy, you know, this whole army. I, I don't want anything. Don't spare anyone. Kill man, woman, child, infant, ox, sheep, camel, donkey. And Samuel, I, I mean, uh, Saul goes in and, and he starts defeating this army, but he doesn't obey God completely. And God says in chapter 15, verse 11, I regret that I've made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And in verse 22, Samuel says, look, this is after Saul says, but Samuel, you don't understand. Like I, I, I obeyed the Lord. I just kept back some of these animals that I thought would be good to sacrifice to the Lord. Again, it's like, you know, it, it was like, okay, I understand. God says destroy them all, but I saw what a waste of these animals. I could actually sacrifice these things to God. God would want that, right? And what Samuel says in verse 22, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams, for rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. I don't know if there are situations in your life where you, you overthink things or maybe you justify things where you know what the word of God says, but in your mind you go, well, but I, I would think that God would. And, and what, that, that's what Saul is doing here. He's like, okay, I, I know what God said, but I was just thinking. I mean, I have good motives. I, I just want to sacrifice for him. And God says, look, this type of presumption is, is sin and idolatry and you rebelling against what i have clearly said that's like the sin of divination that's like witchcraft and because you rejected the word of the lord he's rejected you from being king and i love what saul says in the next verse saul says to samuel i've sinned 
for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Again, here's a mistake we make. We fear people, we obey their voice. We start thinking, we start reasoning with ourselves and going, well, this makes sense, this makes sense. And everyone starts talking, well, this makes sense. Well, what does the word of God says? This is why Saul was taken out from being king. He was removed and and David put in. I mean, it it says it very clearly in, in chapter 18, verses 12 through 15. It says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Verse 14, and David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. Again, this is what it comes down to. Who is God with? And here Saul got it. He realized, you know what? David's faithful and the Lord is with David and he's left me. And it says, David had success in all his undertakings. Why? For the Lord was with him. This is what it comes down to in your life, in my life. Is God with me on this? In the New Testament, it's it's even greater because it's not even about him coming and being with us, but him actually coming and being in us, dwelling in us. It's about us as we seek the things that God seeks, as we seek his mind, that there's going to be, a, 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 there should be this manifestation of his power through us. It should be similar to, to David who had success. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And I just want to skip to the end of uh, 1 Samuel because, again, <laughs> the story about Jonathan, the story about David here, there's, there's some of my favorite stories, and 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 there's a phrase here uh, in uh, chapter thirty. This is when um, the David's camp was um, was raided, and it says in verse where is it? Verse three. It says when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. When David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept, I'm sorry, then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. Okay, so you get the scene. David comes back. His men come back. The whole city is burned with fire. Their sons, their daughters, their wives were taken away by this army. And so David and his men, when they see this, they begin weeping. And they weep so hard as this till they had no more strength to weep. 
Okay, picture this army of men bawling their eyes out because of all of the, the people that they loved and the city that they loved was all gone. So they are beside themselves. This is just absolute devastation. They weep till they can weep no more. David's crying. They're all losing it. And in verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed. Why? Because the people were talking about stoning him. So, so picture David. He's already lost everything. All these people that he loves, they lost everything. He feels terrible for them. But now all of his people turn on him and they talk about stoning David. They're like, stone David. This is his fault. But then it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Okay, none of you who are listening have experienced anything like this. Okay, nothing to this degree. I haven't come close to experiencing. I don't know of anyone who's come close to experiencing something to this degree. I understand we all have had some painful things, but just think about this for a second. Coming back with all of your men and seeing your city burn down, your wife and kids are gone. Everyone's wives and kids are gone. Everyone's crying till they just can't even cry anymore. Then everyone turns on you and says, we're going to kill you. And in the midst of that, this little phrase, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He didn't have a single person by his side to encourage him. No one was on his side. They were ready to kill him. And he was already going through so much of his own pain. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Somehow, God was enough to David. God knew how, David knew how to just get alone with God and say, you're enough. Again, this is the point of read scripture is we want people to be strong enough to get alone with him. We want you to understand, to equip you and to encourage you. Get alone with the scriptures. Because there will be times when you feel completely alone and you have to be able to do what David did. Strengthen himself in the Lord his God. I understand God blesses us with a church body and praise him for that. But there will be times in your life when you will be all alone and you need to be able to strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's why daily, we do this. He's in control. It's all about him. Whatever you're going through right now, pull away and strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Thank you for listening to the Read Scripture podcast. Read Scripture is a collaboration between the Bible Project and Crazy Love Ministries. For more information on the Bible Project, visit jointhebibleproject.com. For more information on Crazy Love Ministries, visit crazylove.org.